Hi, this is Calvin Reed. And this is Heidi McDonald. And we're live at San Diego Comic-Con. And this is our daily Comic-Con podcast. Hi, this is Heidi McDonald. And I'm here with David Peterson of Mouse Guard fame. And David, you have your new book out here at the con, correct? That's correct. Black Axe, the third uh, volume in the main Mouse Guard story arc, just came out a few weeks ago. So San Diego is kind of our, our big debut for it. So, um... A lot of people think there aren't any comics at Comic-Con, so, uh, however, I see a big giant stack of many, many Mouse Guard books here. Uh, how has Comic-Con treated you over the years? I've always, I've always done really well and been treated well. Um, I think the people that say that there aren't comics aren't looking for them. I mean, obviously the show has morphed into something different than what it started, and it's not like some of the other comic conventions that run throughout the rest of the year. Um, this has a big media circus component. But it doesn't mean that there aren't comics, that we've been completely pushed out. You just have to look for us. We're here. Yeah. Um, are, are you, uh, um, I mean, you have you been in contact with Mouse Guard fans? Uh, I mean, are they coming to get the book? I've had a few people already stop by with a list. Like, they, <laughs> they've seen what I've been offering online, and they, they came prepared with everything uh, everything already figured out and how much they were going to spend and everything. It's, it's great. So tell us about the new book and what's, what's in it. What's, the, what's it about? Uh, the new book is a prequel. It takes place before the first book, about 40 years before the first book, and it's about a character named Kelenaw, who, bound by family honor, kind of goes on a, a quest to find the mythic weapon called the Black Axe. And getting it is only part of the part of the journey, understanding the weight of what it actually is, what, what the responsibility of having that weapon means is, is the other part of the journey. Wow, well it looks beautiful. I'm sure uh, when I we run this podcast, we'll run a link to the preview, which I'm sure is, is there. Um, are you, uh, well obviously you're a big fantasy fan. What are some of the books that, you know, you inspired you as a, as a youth, as a young reader? <laughs> I was a, a really bad young reader. My, my parents <laughs> always tried to get me in the house reading books and I just, I wouldn't have it. Um, but I, I read some Robin Hood when I was a kid. I read um, Wind in the Willows was a big one. And I think really got my love of animal stories going. Um, and then I, I really just kind of checked out and, and only read what I had to throughout most of high school until I got to college and kind of went, okay, let's slow down, let's read some stuff. Um, and then the Harry as an adult, the Harry Potter books are a constant source of inspiration. Um, I do a lot of audiobooks nowadays because... I don't have time to actually right. sit and read, so but I can work and listen. Um, so yeah, the Potter books, and then I've also been catching up on a lot of Stephen King books recently, uh, which cool. you wouldn't think when you see Mouse Guard, <laughs> but I, I enjoy lots of different types of stories. Um, uh, David, uh, one thing that's gone on recently is you've kind of had a change to your publisher in that Arkea's been acquired by Boom. Um, has that affected you as a creator? I mean, how, how do you feel about that moving forward? I, it's, uh, I know Arkea has struggled in the past with um, infrastructure problems and some cash flow problems, just like lots of other publishers about Arkea's size. And, and I know different incarnations, different people who were in charge of Arkea at different points tried to figure out what the solution was. And, and uh, I, I think, you know, Boom, Boom's a solid publisher. Um, Ross has always been really awesome to me, treated me really well, you know, just coming by to tell me he likes Mouse Guard long before there was any kind of acquisition talk. I mean, he's been... He, he left me a voicemail after the acquisition saying, I don't need to prove my love to you. You know, you know I've been there since day one, man. So, well, I, I think this is going to give some Archaea some stability and, and uh, you know, uh, the rest is unwritten. We'll, we'll see how it all goes. 
I think you'd have to search long and hard to find people who don't like Mouse Guard because uh, it is a really amazingly beautiful comic. And I, I personally, when I look at the pages, now I'm gushing, but it's true. I look at them and I'm just like, oh my God, how did he draw that? Um, anyway, so a fan but uh, and, and a reporter. Um, David, what is next for you? I mean, of course, you just had a new book come out, so that's it. But I mean, what, what else is that, should we look for? Uh, we did a, a, a round or a, a book called Legends of the Guard. There was a spin-off anthology with guest artists telling the tall tales and legends of the Mouse Guard world. We're doing another one of those that's coming out in issue form right now. Issue one came out about a month ago. I think issue two should be hitting soon. Those are uh, four issue arcs, and then we put it out as a hardcover. So we still, I'm still uh, working on that. I've got an issue left to draw actually when I get home. All right. But uh, after that, I'm going to take a short mouse break. I need, I want to make sure that before I start the next major mouse guard arc, which is going to be a kind of a big epic one called the Weasel War. Um, I need I need a break so I don't burn out on the mice midway through the series. I, I need a I need a break. So I'm going to do a couple personal projects that have been sitting on the back burner, and uh, and then once once I get some traction with those, I'm right back in with the mice. Wow. All right. Well, you heard it here first. New stuff. New personal projects for David Peterson. David, thank you so much, and enjoy your Comic Con. Thank you very much for having me, Heidi. I'm here with Jimmy Robinson, a, a long-time industry uh, icon. Uh, now he has a book coming out from Image called Five Weapons. Uh, but Jimmy, how long have you been with Image? Jeez, uh, maybe 15 years. Wow, okay. So you're a veteran image yeah, creator. Yeah, back there when Jim Valentino was doing the black and white line. Right. Now, did you, but you had your own publishing company too, didn't you? That's correct. I was self-publishing my own series called CyberZone. And uh, that's how Valentino found me. That's right. So you've seen a lot of changes in the uh, the self-publishing and the the image and the distribution. You've been on the front lines for all of it, haven't you? Yeah, I've been doing it and doing it all on my own as well. I've always been the writer-artist guy. And I've always liked the Image Comics model because as a creator, you can bring your own property to them and control it and you know move it on from there. Well, uh, did you go to Image Expo? I did go to Image yeah. Expo. Well, how did you, uh, what were your impressions of it as an image creator? <laughs> I liked it. It was great. It was just a big PR event and it was done really well. And they're actually kind of smart to do it early because they got a lot of buzz before all the big buzz of San Diego to be buried under. So I liked it. I, I, I liked the intimacy with all the other creators and whatnot. And uh, it was a nice event. Well done. Now tell us about Five Weapons. Uh, what's, what's it about? What, what, can we, what can we look for in Five Weapons? Five Weapons is basically about a pacifist who attends a school for assassins. So he basically has no weapon, but everyone else in the school is armed, and it's about how he gets through school, helps other kids, all this stuff, but does it by using his mind, not using a weapon. Right. Is it a Bildungsroman? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not quite, but it's 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 still its own beast. Right, right, right. It, it is. So. It sounds a little bit like uh, kind of is it manga influence at all? Because the kind of plot is a little bit like something that could be like a show shonen manga. Yeah, it, a... it, yeah, it it has a little influence of going there of you know the high school that's the specialized school and all right, that. Right, and, right, right. Uh, and you have the protagonist in the middle and all that. And it's you know, but I gave it a, a twist and gave it an American spin, so people were liking it and don't even realize the influences that's coming from. Now, if you were uh, I mean, obviously you're, you know, an image veteran, so you, you like being with the company, as you talked about. But um, I mean, if you were talking, there's so many people who want to break into comics now. I mean, what would you say is a, 
you know, what advice would you give to them if they have a book that they're doing? I mean, what would you be, you know, and they're like, hey, can I get into Image? Or what would be your advice to them for what steps to take to get noticed, to get known? Well, the first thing they got to do is finish the book. I, 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 I know a lot of people who have ideas, who do a couple of pages, but you need to get the book done. Once it's done, you can ship it to anybody, IDW, Boom, Image. These are all good creator, owner, platforms, uh, and just have some faith in it. But of course, nowadays, you have all kind of avenues we didn't have when I was there. You know, you have Kickstarter, you have all these other online communities. Uh, it's it's great. The social networking for all you can just you can you can print on demand your own work and just hand it out yourself. Mm -hmm. Go to conventions and everything. So there's there's a lot of great avenues. Yeah, and I mean you know Amazon now is offering all their digital tools for publishing as well. Yes. So. Yeah. Also, Comicsology submit. Mm -hmm. yes, so yes. You can go direct to digital and find your audience whatever niche it is and uh, go from there and then you might get noticed by somebody else higher up the higher in the higher up the ladder what what's what's um, next for you uh, I mean you know five weapons is, is in your new book and uh, which the one you were doing before is bomb squad bomb queen, which you're yes. a little bit notorious yes, for bomb queen, yeah. bomb queen. Yeah, yes pardon bomb, me yeah bomb queen I just it was fun <laughs> it's still fun but it was it was a different book and <laughs> It really sprouted legs on its own and started legs, walking. Yeah. <laughs> legs and all kind of things. It was just a four-issue series I started at Image. It was cool. It was fun. I got it out. And then they kept wanting more and more. And before you know it, I'm at 30 issues. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to do something else. So I started Five Weapons. I went back to what, you know, some of my first loves. Right. You, comics. Uh, you were telling me before we started recording that you had fan letters from six, a six-year-old? Yeah, yeah. It was great. Somebody on Twitter said, hey, Jimmy, this is, uh, you know, my six-year-old girl drew her favorite character from the book. It was uh, the archery teacher in the school. Oh, that's great. So, uh, yeah, it was it was cool. So, yeah. You like having the all-ages audience? Is that I've, something? I've always liked all-ages audience. I really have. I mean, you've known me. Yeah. I mean, when you're at Disney Adventures and all, yeah. it was, you know, Disney Magazine. So, so, so it's, um, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I've always, I've always wanted it to be more prevalent in the industry. It's just always an uphill climb. Yeah. You know, you got to go in there and fight the good fight for somebody. Yeah, definitely. What, what's next? Anything else you want to plug here? That you got? Uh, it's just more five weapons. It was a five-issue miniseries, and it did really well. Image really liked it. And now it's an ongoing series starting in January. So, wow. Well, congratulations, Jimmy. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> so, so. Xander Cannon, uh, who is the creator of an amazing number of comics, um, including currently Heck from Top Shelf. Um, he's also uh, part of Double Barrel, which is a digital comics, I don't know, imprint site? Tell, tell me about Double Barrel. It's, uh, Double Barrel is just our, our, uh, our digital comics, digital monthly, and it, it's meant to be like an old pulp magazine uh, from the 30s or whatever, and it has, uh, it's been serializing Heck and Prayer 15. Kevin Cannon's comic uh, over the last 12 months, and uh, uh, we, what we intended was to sort of show that if you're freed from having a print edition of the monthlies, that uh, the prices can be can be lower, the the, the ease of, of uh, getting them can be can be a little bit slicker, and and uh, just what can be done uh, when you when you take when you take uh, print out of the, the equation for monthlies. Now, how long have you been doing Double Barrel? Uh, a year now. 
Okay. Um, so, uh, what did you find the response was from readers or you know downloaders or, or <laughs> you know the, the audience? People were very happy about it, and I think that we got a lot of response. Uh, well, one thing that people ask is that why isn't there a, a, a DRM free, a digital rights management free version? And so that's one of the things that was nice about it is that we could listen, and then we could say, all right, starting with this issue, they are DRM free, and then we're going to go back and make the old the old ones DRM free as well. Um, we can we can listen to people and we can make these adjustments and then we can make those adjustments retroactive. Right. Now, do you find that sales remain steady? I mean, is there things you do promotions or social media? I mean, is there a way to boost them? Or I mean, how do you promote? Uh, you, you, I mean, promoting is obviously done online and done through social media. We do a lot of that. Um, one of the things that, that we noticed is that we had the price so low that uh, it was hard for it to go on sale. <laughs> and so. Uh, um, so it, it, it was interesting. There's a lot, a lot of little things that you notice every, you know, as you do it, and, and a lot of, uh, and a lot of things that you just alterations that you can make in the fly, alterations that you might make in the future, and uh, all that stuff. Do you are you also distributed through Comixology, or is that your main distributor? You saw them on your website. Uh, our main distributor is is Comixology, but it's also on uh, Top Shelf's website. It's also on uh, Iverse, and it's. Uh, uh, you know, it's on uh, top shelf. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's available in a lot of different versions. We, you know, we tried to make it as available as we possibly could. You know, could. it's funny you say that because one uh, one thing I've heard from a lot of people go digital is that exclusivity is a mugs game because why not be everywhere since anyone can get it, you know? So. Yeah, I, I agree with that because, I mean, it really, it's like, and, and when people talk about DRM, it's like, it, look, if people want it that bad that they're going to download it illegally, well, I'd like to think that they might try to find the print version when it comes out eventually. You know, I mean, it, the, it, the, it, the digital uh, serialized version is meant to be as available as it possibly can be. It's not a money maker, you know, serialization isn't a money maker for anyone in any form, really. Right, right. Um, well, tell us, though, about Heck. Now, it is in print from Top Shelf and available at the show. Um, tell us what it's about. Uh, Heck is, was born out of sort of an old pulp uh, adventure story that I had in my mind, which is that you know, there's this guy who inherits a house that has a portal, portal to hell in the basement, and so he just forms a company where they uh, resolve inheritance disputes. Uh, but but then an old femme fatale comes along and and uh, and and wants to uh, wants to get in contact with her husband. Uh, the funny thing about it, though, is that over the course of the year, uh, the, over the course of the time that I was working on it, I was working on it so fast. I was doing whole chapters in a day that other things started to come into it and it became a very personal story uh, and, and uh, while it's still a you know an, an adventure story a rip-roaring yarn as they say but uh, but uh, it, it became a lot more personal to me and a lot and a lot more interesting I think uh, because of it well uh, actually now I'm really eager to check it out so uh, yes he sold me on it that sounds like a great concept uh, well Xander uh, is there anything else coming from Double Barrel you usually work with your similarly named but unrelated Kevin Cannon um, are you both going to continue doing Double Barrel or we are we're going to continue doing Double Barrel we both have new uh, serials that we're going to be working on Kevin's book uh, Crater 15 uh, is, was serialized in Double Barrel and is now available uh, in hardcover and that's at the top shelf booth right I will plug that a little bit because it's uh, the follow-up to Far Arden which uh, which we are all huge fans of so um, so yeah now is it just for the two cannons or are other po just for you two or? well the, the title would imply that it is but uh, but we we actually are uh, we're talking with top shelf about what the what the plans will be for sort of the year two of it where you know to open it up to other people we'd like it to be sort of a pulp a, an indie pulp imprint which uh, which I think would be would be fantastic to have short stories one you know these things that are done in one, but then also longer serials. Right, right. Well, it seems like 
the audience now is really much more amenable to that whole idea. I mean, like, you know, over the last 10 years, I think with digital and the rise of graphic novels, uh, it just seems like the audience is, is really open to all these genres and, and for stories that are, you know, not told in the usual formats, I guess you could say. Right, and you've got a, a lot of emerging sort of... Uh uh, indie comics that are that are more writer focused, which they didn't used to be in the past. They used to be very very sort of like almost like poetry. Uh, and, and I think that I think that uh, it's nice to sort of say like, well, they can be in an indie style, but still have the, all the trappings of genre fiction that we all love. Right, right. Well, it sounds very exciting, Sandra. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you, Heidi.